paging Ray and TJ to the fantasy OR. Welcome to the Fantasy OR. I'm Ray. And I'm TJ. Let's talk some more injuries. As always, we can be reached at the Fantasy OR on Twitter, and this week we're going to break down the NFC North. Packers, the Lions, the Bears, and the Tigers. I mean, the Vikings. <laughs> oh my! So, we are going to start off with our beloved Green Bay Packers, and TJ is going to take it away with the mystery of Aaron Rodgers' toe. So, in the first week of November, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID. During his 10-day quarantine period, he fractured his left pinky toe. He only ended up missing one game, which is week nine. He claims that it happened during a ramp-up conditioning period. Now, I'd, I'd like to know a little more information on that. That's smoke, TJ. That's smoke. That's player smoke right there. Yeah, player smoke. Because the two main causes to getting a fractured toe is either stubbing it very hard or having something heavy dropped or land on it. So... If you're running, what are you dropping? So it must have been the stubbing, I'm guessing, but shouldn't you be running in a clear path, ideally? Something happened. Anyways, healing time for a fractured toe is typically about four to six weeks, eight weeks in a severe case. The only way to speed up the recovery is keeping off of it, which obviously he didn't do. He only missed one week. It didn't really seem to limit his rushing abilities at all. He was still scrambling around. He got one rushing touchdown after the injury. He got one rushing touchdown before, so really not much of a difference there. His toe's going to heal just fine, and I'm sure it's completely fine by now, and he'll be just fine this upcoming season. The one thing about Aaron Rodgers' value this upcoming year is I I think he'll be a little undervalued in drafts. Some of the early rankings have him a bit lower than I would expect him to be ranked. Obviously, that has a lot to do with Devontae Adams being gone now this year. That's a lot of extra targets that nobody really knows where they're going to go. But Packers always find a way. The one thing about Aaron Rodgers is that he's going to play at an MVP level no matter who his weapons are. And he makes his wide receivers better. You think back to the Arizona Cardinal game in the playoffs when all of his receivers were injured and he was throwing to Jared Ambedaris and Jeff Janis and the Hail Mary. Was that the first Hail Mary? I think that was the first Hail No, it was the second one. The first one was against the Lions. This guy is going to find a way. He always finds a way. And looking at the quarterback rankings, I mean, you really can't go too wrong at quarterback this year. I'm sure someone's going to get injured, and we'll talk about that when it happens. But the top 12 quarterbacks are actually looking pretty good right now. And, and if you're a person who likes to wait and get a quarterback really, really late, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there in the ninth and 10th round. Maybe not in our drafts because we live in Wisconsin, but he'll be there. All right, so let's move on to Robert Tunyon. He tore his ACL and was out for the balance of the year. He tore it in October on the 11th. He's 28 now. You know, it's going to be a, a bit of a tougher injury to come back from, so hopefully he'll have no issues coming back from it. He is expected to be back by the start of the season. We'll see if he shows up to training camp and how he's kind of doing there for a, an update before the season. But with Adams gone, he should be at least another target out there for Rodgers to be throwing at. So he, he's always been a good red zone target um, in the past. He might give you one touchdown. He might give you two. He might give you a couple of weeks with absolutely none. So kind of buyer beware if you're going to draft him. But once you really kind of hit that middle of the pack, all of them are really questionable. So you got as good a shot as any for him to at least get targets. And he's going to be getting targets from an MVP caliber quarterback. So that's at least something. You got anything to add on Robert Tunyon? 
So the the one thing I want to add on Robert Tunyon is that the Packers really haven't done anything with their tight end room. And I was listening to a podcast today about how you can kind of see what direction the franchise is going in based on what they did in the draft. And the Packers didn't draft a tight end. So that's that tells you that they believe that Robert Tunyon is going to be ready to go to start the season. And that Aaron Rodgers has trust in him. And that they are per- feel perfectly set at tight end. We do have some other tight ends on the on the roster. So there are other options. Yes, the same options that we had last year when Robert Tunyon went out. We had Adams. Yeah, we had Adams, exactly. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that Robert Tunyon is going to be a serviceable tight end if you have no tight end. When it, when it comes to fantasy, it's all about the top three, and then the rest is all a crapshoot. He should be a good spot start tight end. At minimum, there's going to be weeks where you can throw him in there. He's going to be a guy that you're going to have to kind of get a little bit lucky, and hopefully it's his week to catch the touchdown. So things will kind of shake out, I think, early in the season. We'll kind of know as uh, as everything develops as we hit October. Do you think he'll go undrafted? Um, not in our league. Well, no, not in our league. We, we live in Wisconsin. <laughs> so let's move on to Aaron Jones. He had a few injuries this past year. Before the season even started, he had a hamstring sprain in training camp. And then in week 10, he had an MCL sprain in his knee. And he ended up missing only week 11. And then he ended up missing week 18 with a knee strain. So definitely a few leg issues for him this past year you know sprains and strains they're they're all things you're going to heal back from so um he should be fine this upcoming year he's going to get quite the workload between him and aj Dillon. they're really going to be hitting the ground attack this year so what do you think they're going to do with the backfield this year tj you know aaron jones actually stayed right in that he was getting about 20 attempts a game or close to but then towards the end of the season even kind of midway through he started really only having between 6 to 15 attempts per game so I think he's going to probably stay in that realm. He's still going to get his rushing attempts. He's going to be also used as a receiver out of the backfield a lot. He was actually the second highest targeted player on the Packers last year next to Devontae Adams. And he only had about a third of the target. So I think your target share is going to go up for Aaron Jones this year. And then the rushing is probably going to stay pretty similar to last year if I had to gander a guess. A.J. Dillon is probably going to be used a lot more to really grind the rock down. And I definitely see us leaning on the rushing attack a lot more. So... Fancy redraft, who are, who are you going to have ranked higher? Are you going to have Aaron Jones ranked higher or A.J. Dillon? A.J. Dillon is, I'm not going to call him a sneaky pick because I think a lot of people are talking about this, but A.J. Dillon will be a running back that, kind of like Tony Pollard last year, you're going to get a lot of value for him. So if you see him on your draft board late, I would, I would probably take A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones just to get the better value. Wait a little bit later snag him as maybe your RB3, and you're definitely going to have flex appeal, and he's going to be probably startable as an RB2, most if not all weeks. So then rounding out the Packers, we're going to talk about Sammy Watkins a little bit. Ray, did you know that Sammy Watkins had a hamstring strain on the 11th of October the past two years? No. (laughs) I did not. I did not know that. That's a fun fact. I'll I'll even one-up it. The year before that, in October, he also had another hamstring injury. That's Three hamstring injuries in each of the past three years, all in the month of October. So are you predicting another hamstring injury in October? I mean, I kind of feel like the safest bet you could do is put 10 bucks on that he's going to get another injury in October. Even even if it's just to win $11, right? Like, it's a safe bet. <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> so Sammy Watkins, though, he has had an injury-ridden career. I don't know. I'm hopeful. He was a first-round 
draft pick eight years ago. So maybe there's a little juice left in the tank. If he can stay healthy, he may actually be a, uh, a nice target for Rodgers out there. But I don't know how many games he's going to end up playing just based on his history. Rodgers likes receivers that he can trust. And if he's injured too much and can't build that trust, I don't know how many balls he's going to really have thrown his way. I think Sammy Watkins, at best, is going to be a late-round flyer for you in your final round. I think it's a pretty good lottery shot that, who knows, you might get a couple of good weeks out of him, and if you get anything more than that, you're pretty happy. He will be a late-round flyer, and, but he but he is going to get drafted in most leagues, I want to say, just because he has talent when he's on the field, and he's going to get opportunity with Rodgers, and I think that that talent and opportunity, but this is, this is going to be one of the best quarterbacks he's ever had throwing to him, and I think that intrigues some people. I'm going to stay away from him. All right, well, with that, let's move on to the Vikings. So last year, the Vikings were making a playoff run when they had some significant injuries to their team that pretty much hindered what they were able to do on offense. They couldn't do anything on defense, so they ended up not making the playoffs. But one of the things that happened last year with Dalvin Cook was that he kind of came, he was injured. The injury report was that he had a dislocated shoulder, and it kind of seemed like he was going to be lost for a couple of weeks. And then... on out of nowhere on a Thursday morning but right before a Thursday night game it was like there was reports out that Dalvin Cook's gonna play and he did and he played really really well I think he had the second highest rushing total of his career with a dislocated shoulder so what what is a dislocated shoulder so the, the shoulder is a ball and socket joint where the humerus is the ball and it fits into the socket of the scapula exactly what happens is the ball pops out of the socket now it can pop forward it can pop backward it can pop down and depending on the amount of damage, it can take anywhere from a few weeks to heal to a few months. So with Dalvin Cook, there wasn't a lot of soft tissue damage. I think one of the uh, main soft tissue structures that gets damaged is the rotator cuff. And depending on the amount of damage, it could take anywhere from a few weeks or a few months to heal. Or in some more severe cases, it could take up to a whole year. Now with Dalvin, obviously there wasn't a whole lot of soft tissue damage. One of the main soft tissue structures that gets damaged with a dislocated shoulder is the rotator cuff. And what I've learned through researching this injury is that um, you can use physical therapy to strengthen all those ligaments and muscles around the shoulder. And that's what the reports are. That's what Dalvin did for the week that he was out. Like he went to physical therapy and he worked like hell to get back on the field. So he came back onto the field with his shoulder harness. He had one of the best games of his career. And he also finished the season really strong in fantasy as well, except for I do believe he was injured in the past, another injury in the last week that had to do with his shoulder again. Let's face it, when it comes to fantasy, Dalvin Cook is going to be a top three pick. He's a monster. He's going in the top three, top four, top five. Um, I'm not sure if Cooper Cup is going to sneak up there and redraft. You want this guy in your fantasy team, even if he's only going to play 13 games a year. Well, I think one thing that dedication that you just talked about, the fact that he just got out there and he worked for that week to get back, to keep playing, to build that muscle so he could work through that injury. I mean, that's a guy I really want on my team. You know, Exactly. He, he's somebody that if he can play, he's going to play. So that's a player I want on my team. Damn right. The, the problem is that he, he is going to miss a few games. He seems to miss a few games every year, right? So if you do get lucky enough to get in the top five, I shouldn't say luck, but if you are picking in the top five of your league and you draft Dalvin Cook, you might want to reach to get the backup. Get his handcuff because you know he's going to miss a few games. And Alexander Madison is not that bad of a running back either. They are one of the better duos for a handcuff situation. Yes. So after Dalvin Cook went down, 
um, the Vikings had another major injury to their offense, and that was Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen went down with an ankle sprain, and uh, he missed a few weeks, and he tried to come back. He tried to come back, and he just couldn't, he couldn't play on his ankle. Part of the reason that he couldn't play on his ankle is because he had a high ankle sprain. So I know we talked a little bit about low ankle sprains with Kyler Murray, but this week I want to kind of go into the differences between a low ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain because we hear this all the time in sports is that, oh, he had an ankle sprain. Well, is it a high ankle sprain? Is it a low ankle sprain? The, the high ankle sprain takes longer to heal. So let's talk a little bit about the anatomy of the ankle, trying to get too boring here. But when you have a low ankle sprain, it's basically like to the common person rolling their ankle. You could roll your ankle to the inside, you can roll your ankle to the outside, and you're just doing damage to those ligaments that are on the outside of the ankle. When you have a high ankle sprain, damage is done to the ligaments that hold the tibia and fibula together. And it's such a long recovery process because when you're weight-bearing, the forces spread the two bones apart. So it takes a long time to heal because you cannot weight bear when you're on this injury. And I and Thielen tried to come back, and he obviously there was still some damage there. He came back too early, and he wasn't he wasn't able to stay in the field. Adam Thielen ended up having surgery on his ankle. Um, he had a procedure done that was called a tightrope procedure. And what a tightrope procedure is is that um, you're basically drilling a hole in uh, through the two bones, and you're putting a suture between them. And that suture acts like a rubber band, and it holds the two bones together so that the ligaments can heal. Now, Adam Thieler has been a solid fantasy contributor since 2018. TJ, did you know that Adam Thieland has averaged double-digit fantasy points per game since 2018? That's a pretty good average. I mean, we had Adam Thieland on our co-managed team last year, and I really wasn't really high on him. And I was really kind of looking to trade him away for just anything. And TJ actually had to snap me back to reality here and be like, hey, like, you can't just trade this guy away for peanuts because you want to trade him. Like, he's actually a pretty solid fantasy contributor. And even though I didn't want a Viking on my team, which is probably what it really came down to, we kept, we kept him and we held on to him because we weren't able to trade him for decent value. And it actually paid off until he got hurt. So he'll be 32 coming into this season. And he's overshadowed by Justin Jefferson, which makes him a great value. Exactly. He's, I mean, between the two of them, they're pretty much one of the best one-two combos in the league when it comes to wide receiver duels. It's a great 1A, 1B. So Adam Thielen is probably going to be there late in draft, but he's a sleeper. It's weird to say, but Adam Thielen is a because he is going to provide you with some good production, and you are going to get him for good value in your drafts. All right, and now we are going to move on to the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, he did have a rough rookie season. He was sacked 36 times. In fact, he was on pace to be the most sacked quarterback had he played all of his games. He's taken a beating back there, that's for sure. The Bears did work on their O-line in the draft, so hopefully that's going to kind of help eliminate some of the injuries that he had from this past season. In week 11, he ended up getting a chest injury. They thought it was a bruised ribs at first, but turned out that there were some slight small fractures, so he did have a few cracked ribs overall. He only missed two weeks from that and got back pretty quick. Uh, cracked ribs actually heal relatively fast, uh, as little as three weeks, but could take a month or two. In December in week 15, he also tweaked his ankle. Tweaked ankle, kind of a slight mild sprain. Some coach smoke for you. So what exactly is a tweaked ankle? 
Basically, it's just a, a mild or, or slight sprain. They didn't really say much about exactly what his injury was, so you gotta assume it's a low ankle sprain. I got a question for you. When you say you tweak something, does that imply that there was maybe a previous injury? Like, when, when Kyler Murray had his ankle sprain and he missed a couple weeks and he come back and then oh, I, I tweaked my ankle like does that imply that there was a previous injury there before you know I guess I say that to, about my back a lot you know like if I stand up wrong or something and I'm like oh I tweaked my back but my back always hurts so that would kind of check out it was a mild enough injury that there wasn't a ton out on it basically they kind of made a few comments that he tweaked his ankle he ended up missing two weeks from the injury and then the last week of the season due to fields going on the COVID list so he ended up missing the last three weeks. Now, I don't know. If I wanted to put on my uh, tinfoil hat, maybe maybe they're just trying to be safe. So he was sacked 36 times. He only played 12 games. So if you multiply that out for a full season, he would have been sacked 54 times, which is more than Joe Burrow was. So they were keeping him out to be cautious then? I would not be surprised if they were trying to be a little cautious with him. I mean, he is the future of their franchise, or at least they're planning for it to be. So, you know, you, you don't want him to get completely ruined for the rest of his career in his first season. So currently, Justin Fields is getting drafted as your second QB. He's going right around Kirk Cousins or Tua. I'd probably shy away from him. There's going to be better options. Guys who have more weapons and may have more upside than Justin Fields. He does have a good rushing ability, so that might give him a good baseline if you're just looking for, for a bi-week start. I'm not going to go into the season with Justin Fields as my primary starter. So, I know we hate to do this, but I'm I'm looking at the rankings here, and I uh, Justin Fields is in front of two other quarterbacks, and I just want to see how you feel about this, based on what you just said about weapons and stuff, okay? So, Justin Fields or Tua Tungavailoa? Tua. I agree 100%. So guys that are drafting around Justin Fields, you have just a little bit before him, you have Derek Carr, way more upside. You have Kirk Cousins, way more upside. Just after him, you have Tua, way more upside. Yeah, he's got a future in Dynasty, but uh, I'm not taking him a redraft this year. Let's move on to David Montgomery. So David Montgomery, he has been a durable running back over his career so far. He's still young, only 24 years old. He did sustain a knee strain grade one and he ended up missing four weeks from that. He was placed on short-term IR. It happened on a five-yard rush in the fourth quarter, and he was in obvious pain afterwards and didn't get up, waited for the trainers to come over. One thing that you can be fearful is when you see a non-contact injury. When a guy goes down in a contact injury, more often than not, it's less severe than it looks. Again, for David Montgomery, it was a knee strain, which is when it involves either the muscle or the tendon, which is torn or stretch, the tendons connect muscle to bone, which is different than sprains, which we've been talking a lot about in the past couple of weeks. And that's when it's the ligament. So I just kind of wanted to make that differentiator and kind of specify that it is a was a strain. So it's his muscle or tendon as opposed to the ligament. That kind of makes that injury a little bit more intimidating to me, simply because it's going to involve the muscle. Muscles heal pretty good, though. Like, I, I would be more intimidated with a ligament than the muscle. Because how do you strengthen a ligament? You strengthen a muscle by working it out. You can tighten it back up. Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't know, it just seems that anytime something involves a muscle, like a hamstring injury or a quadricep injury, like, it's all... I think they just take longer to heal. But then once it's healed, I would assume, not being a doctor, that the muscle is is easier to strengthen, so you should have less risk of reoccurrence 
So I'm not too worried about David Montgomery this year. I would expect the Bears to really lean on their run game a lot this year and help take a little bit of stress off of Justin Fields. So if you're looking to draft David Montgomery, he might actually be kind of a sneaky pick. So in early rankings, David Montgomery is currently ranked at 16. Some of the guys around there, you have Antonio Gibson, you have Cam Akers, you have Ezekiel Elliott. I'm taking David Montgomery over all of those guys. Yeah, he definitely has less question marks, a little bit more control of his backfield. He's kind of the last dependable back before you hit a stretch of... Question marks. Yeah, shaky choices or question marks out there. So before we move on, I want to just say that we've evolved as a as a team here because the first time we did a podcast, we kept saying over and over and over again that basically you're not supposed to draft an injured player ever. And now we're like, you know, this guy could really this guy could really be sneaky. Like, you know, this could be a sneaky pick. Like <laughs> So moving on to the Lions. So the Lions had two major players go down with injuries this year. The first one being running back DeAndre Swift, who went down with an AC joint sprain. And DeAndre Swift was out to an excellent start last year. Like, he was, like, looking at a top five RB finish. Lighting the world on fire. He was catching passes out of the backfield. He was not dropping passes in the end zone like he did in week one of last year, costing the Lions a victory. You're holding a grudge that cost you something, too? I don't remember. (laughs) I think it cost somebody in the chop league. Somebody got chopped off that drop pass. All right. So we're going to talk about DeAndre Swift and his AC joint sprain. An AC joint sprain is a sprain of the ligament that holds the clavicle and the scapula together. Uh, The part of the scapula is actually called the amicron process. And that is why it's called the AC joint, because it's the uh, A and amicron and C and clavicle. There's different types depending on the severity. Now, DeAndre Swift missed about four weeks, so I'm thinking he had either a grade one strain or a mild grade two strain. But I was watching a video on YouTube, and they said that one of the things that this ligament does is it helps with the process of sliding the shoulders up and down like a shrug. And it kind of got me thinking, like, this is probably a pretty painful injury for running back because what's the first thing they do? They go to accept the handoff, and they, they, they put their shoulders up to put make the bread gap basket to get the ball. So, um, depending on the severity of this injury, it could take from one to six weeks to heal. He was out for four. If the AC joint is grossly unstable and some of the other tendons tear, surgery could definitely be needed to heal. Um, but if the ligament that holds the joint itself together tears, like, you don't need surgery to repair that. You just need rehab. Last year... DeAndre Swift finished as RB9 in half-point PPR scoring, and he is, I think he's posed for a breakout year this year. The Lions did excellent in the draft. They went out and got a pass rusher, so hopefully their defense will get stay off the field, their offense will be on the field, and they also went out and got Jamison Williams, which will be a big help when he comes back from his injury. I honestly say draft DeAndre Swift with no precaution. I would put him in the tier two behind the tier one guys. Swift is going to be a sneaky pick this year, I think. Uh, Early rankings have him at 12. Like you said, he finished at nine last year. So even right there, that should be some value. And he he was out for four weeks? He was out for four weeks. And he finished at RB9. So if you can pick him up at RB12, that's some pretty good value right there. All right. So, 
DeAndre Swift wasn't the only top weapon for the Lions that went down. Uh, TJ Hawkinson also went down with a thumb injury. And you want to talk about not finding anything on an injury. All I know is that TJ Hawkinson had thumb surgery. And you want to talk about coach smoke. Here's what Dan Campbell had to say about TJ Hawkinson opting for season-ending surgery. It's just one of those things. What is the injury? Is it a bone bruise? Is it a tear? Is it kind of in between both? And it's just a matter about how you feel and where it's at. It's a player preference, and so all good, man. Got it fixed. So, what's the injury? I don't have a clue. I just know he had thumb surgery. <laughs> it's a bone bruise. <laughs> it's somewhere in between. I, I think he was talking about injuries in general. Okay. Like, he wasn't talking... Was like, Did he know what the injury was? It sounds like he didn't know what the injury was. Like, if you put me in front of a podium and you're like, talk about this injury. And I'm like, well, hold on. What injury first? Just talk about the injury. And they walk away from you. I think he was more... This statement shows that he was more disappointed about Hawkinson ending up choosing surgery rather than uh, trying to play through it. Because he said, you know, it's a player preference. And so, all good, man. Got it fixed. So, I honestly think maybe if the Lions were actually, like, you know, had more than one win on the season and they were doing something, maybe TJ Hawkinson would have actually tried to play through this injury. All indications point that TJ Hawkinson is going to be 100% ready for training camp. And he was very optimistic about it when he spoke in January. And he also wants, also looking forward to going to his second year of the tight end university uh, that uh, Kelsey Olsen and Kittle run in the in the off season in June. I also think one of the interesting things, like we're going to get an early look at TJ Hawkinson because the Lions are on hard knocks, and I'm actually really really excited to watch hard knocks this year because uh, I'm I'm intrigued by by Coach Dan Campbell. So, you know, that's I think that's one of the things that we might be missing on the Lions this year is that they won they won two games last year, right? So. But that team played hard in every single game last year. And and they did not give up. Yeah, they didn't give up. And and now they actually, they're starting to build a team around uh, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. And, and Goff is still throwing him the ball. Um, but when it comes to... Well, so there was a lot of hype around TJ Hawkinson last year. You know, year three is traditionally the tight end breakout year. People kind of were expecting a breakout from Hawkinson, and the injury just kind of really derailed that. So it's going to be exciting to see, first off, once the season comes a little closer, is that hype still there? Are people ready for it in year four? And can he deliver? I am not really high on TJ Hawkinson this year. I guess it really doesn't have to do anything with the injury. It's just that with his potential and what he's shown, he's going to be drafted higher than he should. You know, we talk about... Christian McCaffrey all the time and how this guy has missed was was it 23 23 games in the past two seasons and it's like how can you waste a first round pick on a guy who's not on the field and we firmly believe in that and I think kind of the same thing with TJ Hawkinson here is that he hasn't been on the field a whole lot and he's shown a lot of potential but when it comes to tight ends he's just going to fall into that next category of sometimes they show up sometimes they don't he started off the season great last year. Week one, week two, double-digit fantasy points. And then I think he posted a goose egg in there somewhere. Like, he got one target and zero catches. 
He did. Week uh, 10, I think it was. I'm not that high on TJ Hawkinson this year, especially with Jared Goff throwing him the football. So here's another issue with Hawkinson is that they brought in DJ Chark. They're bringing in more weapons. They drafted a new wide receiver. Swift is back and healthy. Jamal Williams year two is going to be a little bit more involved. So if they can really kind of kick that all together, you've got a lot of options now. You really want those red zone targets. And if you're not getting those, then you're not always getting a lot of yards. He's still the best pass catcher on the team. I just feel that he's just never going to reach his full potential. Another player derailed by injuries. Well, that wraps up our injury discussion on the NFC North. Next episode, we're going to come at you with the AFC West as we break down the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. If we missed any players, please feel free to reach out to us, thefantasyor at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at the fantasy or until next week don't get hurt